When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to another episode of Galactica Actually. I am A. Diallo Jackson. That's the name of the podcast, right? A. Galactica Actually. Um, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm in this weird fever dream. I don't know what's real or anything right now. Um, Galactica Actually. And I'm A. Diallo Jackson. And our co-host is... Jamie Smith. Uh, How are you doing, Jamie? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing okay. Um... This episode, I just want to, I'm going to jump right into this part because I have to say this. I've seen this episode, we're doing Scar, and I've seen this episode again, like every other episode a billion times, and this episode's always been one of the best for me, but I watched it this time, and I actually think and that it might be the second best to me episode in terms of lots of different criteria so it might not be the most like necessarily exciting or the 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 most epic or anything but there's a lot of different pieces to it to me that makes it like just below like 33 and i've only really i was only really able to see it watching it this episode or this this viewing because i think my i was watching it with a little bit more of a critical eye than i normally have in the past while watching it um what are your thoughts about the episode just before we jump into it well this is one of the ones that's um always been really memorable even though i've sort of combined it in my brain a lot of times i combine it with an episode later Mm -hmm. um but this sort of ongoing tension between cat and starbuck and like the i don't know the rivalry or cats desperate need to be better than starbuck which mm-hmm. isn't ever really explained but that sort of you know carries through for a long time so at this one always really st- like stood out mhm I don't have a lot of really deep thoughts about it, um, <laughs> but it 
it's always one that I've remembered and not just because the the episode title is really simple plus that's memorable because of this Cylon raider that is like smart and mm -hmm. tactical um I don't know there's just a lot in here for both of these characters that feels really essential yeah you know one of the things about this episode just in terms of um cat is up oh, okay so I have to actually take you I have to take everyone everybody back to um when I first watched Game of Thrones um in real time the first viewing I could not stand Sansa Stark. I could not stand her. She whined and complained, and I hated her. And it wasn't till towards the end that I think we were getting we were getting towards the last season. It took and that long. Yeah, yeah. Well, here, like, like, hear me out, <laughs> um, because I think part of the experience of of it for me was number one, I wasn't like. I didn't really think a lot about the show, but also it it happened over like a really long stretch of time, right? And so it wasn't like really condensed. But then I think we were leading into like the last season or two or whatever, and then I was like, you know what? I should go back and rewatch the whole show. And I rewatched the whole show, and then it was like super condensed, and it was like over maybe like a month or something. And I came out of that being like Sansa Stark is the queen of the world she's <laughs> <laughs> she's great i love her oh my god she should be like she should be the 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 whatever on the throne like cuz i yeah. actually was able to see um like i guess i don't know if it was like a different perspective but just for me i could actually see her arc so from the from the from where she started to where she ended i was like oh my god like she she's the best character you know and it wasn't necessarily for me on the surface, but it was just kind of seeing all the things that she went through. It's like she had to be whiny in order to show yeah. that she was making these um, these leaps and growing and how to manage like the Game of Thrones, right? So, right. yeah, go ahead. Uh, I mean, you don't really want to get me started on Sons of Stark because she is my favorite character in that series books and show mm -hmm. and part of the reason why is because she goes from this dreamer this like you know everything's gonna be fairy tale unrealistic bratty character who betrays her family mm -hmm. to immediately realizing the consequences of her actions and then using all of the all the things that she'd been taught that a lady does all the courtesies she uses that to her own advantage to manipulate and get herself out of her situation mm -hmm. and it's it comes across better in the books because you're in her head mm-hmm but seeing how she used the skills that she had, which, you know, weren't tactical, they weren't strategic, they weren't, she's not a fighter, she's not Arya. Mm -hmm. Using what she had been taught about how to be a lady and how to operate in court, 
and becoming smarter and better at all of the games that needed to be played and mm-hmm. nobody noticed everybody still thought she was just this dumb girl is it's yeah. just incredible it's brilliant yeah and i was able to see that on my second viewing and i wasn't able to see that the first time because i thought she was just like a dumb girl right and all of those scenes yeah. and i was just like oh my god what are you do-? you know and then it was the second view i'm like oh my god like she's totally like manipulating these people this is great you know and um so i like i said all that and conversely, I had like the sort of like the opposite experience with uh, Daenerys because on the surface to me, Daenerys was actually like, you know, like the strong one or ever. But then when I did my rewatch, I was like, oh, I don't like her, you know, and I, there was a bunch of reasons why. And I said all of that stuff because I was thinking about that as I was watching this episode this time, because in my head, I've always like. I mean, we've talked about it on this podcast before. It's like there's like there's this annoyance for me uh, uh, and I uh, with a lot of people around Kat. Mm-hmm. But I was watching this. I was watching the episode this time and I was kind of like, I was like, no, I actually like really appreciate respect and like Kat. And she wasn't wrong in a lot of what she said and um, like in regards to Starbucks. Mm-hmm. She wasn't perfect. Um, but the, like, I don't want, you know, hatred's not the word. Like, it was always, like, a fun hatred of her, you know? Like, I didn't really hate her, but it's, like, it's fun to be, like, oh, you know? Um, but now, like, I watched it this time, and I'm like, no. Like, she actually is that she was an amazing character, and what she did in this put her above Starbuck in this episode anyways, Starbuck was deal is dealing with a whole bunch of other issues, which kind of puts her below Kat. But that struggle that they the two of them had, I actually was like, yeah, like Kat actually was like the voice of reason. <laughs> she, you know, there's a bunch of stuff that I had never really like thought of before until I watched it this time. And I don't know, it made me think of that uh, instance with uh, with Sansa, how. I don't know. All of a sudden, I flipped the switch, and now I'm like Team Cat. I'm gonna do it for um, you know maybe another season because we're, you know some things happen. But um, and I think that that I think that Cat's um, uh, final um, fate might have something to do with how I am processing her in this episode. But uh, anyways, I just wanted to say that before we even get started, because um, I'm I'm not like I'm not on the cat hate train anymore. So. I don't think that cat is wrong in what she says. It's it's her her choice of when she says it and how she says it, mm-hmm. I think, is, you know, she it's just she's so aggressive. Starbuck isn't going to hear it. She's right in what she's saying, but she's not like picking her she's not picking her moments well i guess well yeah i mean it's actually funny because there are moments where she actually she's picking better moments i think than starbucks because starbucks kind of like a as a, a little bit of a mess in this episode yeah. um but she doesn't do anything that starbucks hasn't done in the ready room like in the pegasus episodes right like she like outwardly confronts the CAG. Um, but it's it's Starbuck and we love Starbucks, so it's like go, go girl, right? But then when it's cat, 
Kat's not one of our primary characters, so she's like challenging the character that we love. So we're a little bit more annoyed. At least when I say we, it's sort of like hypothetical, and I'm really saying myself. But it's like there's that there's that annoyance when she does it versus when Starbuck does it, and it's not like one to one per se, but it's just. She she does a lot of things in this episode that actually makes me appreciate the position that she was in um, in this episode. Um, and like and you're you're right. It's like some of it's just the delivery of how she says certain things. <laughs> um, and I, it's like, oh, you can't talk to Starbucks that way. You know, I don't know. I still like I still really appreciate her and like the character a lot more than I ever have before. And I can't say the same thing for like Apollo or something. But, <laughs> uh, uh, another another few things just about the sh- episode before we like kind of jump into some of the stuff is um, this episode, I really noticed that like the style of the show was a lot different than I think how it had been established, say in the first season where everything was like this real... Like kind of documentary style. Um, so they, as I was watching it this time, I noticed how like the camera will sit on people. It was a little bit more like quote unquote traditional shots. They had like interpretive shots, like some shots in the cockpit, the way that they, like there was one shot where the camera's like kind of below Starbuck in the cockpit and kind of looking up at her. She's looking around um, the effects were beautiful for when they were flying through the asteroids, the way that they had like the sun and the silhouettes and stuff. And it was the performances, um, just how they had the, all these little quirks and ticks that I think made um, everything a lot more. Um, There's a lot more character to the this show than in some, some other shows. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, and then one other thing about this episode before before I get in is uh, one thing that I really, really appreciate, all, I've always appreciated about this episode is that it uh, really acknowledges, like, so, like, I don't know, I, one thing that, like, quote, unquote, bothers me about, like, murder mysteries <laughs> all the time, which I, I've watched quite a few, but it's always kind of funny to me how, like, the the person gets murdered at the beginning and they're almost like forgotten. Right. And we move along with the story and um, the focus is the person trying to solve the crime, but we never really like care per se about the people that have died or in war movies. It's like there might be the fallen, but we're just like kind of focusing on our main characters and we never really acknowledge that like there's a, a cost of um, people passing. And one of the things I loved about this episode is that it actually like deals with that. It talks about like, like it remembers the fallen, the way that they express it is, is really kind of beautiful and very circular. So mm-hmm. I call this episode art now. And I, I never really like thought of it that way before, but it really is. There's so many different things about it that make it, quite beautiful that I've again always loved it but now I'm just like oh this is this is actually really good agreed so yeah all right 
That was uh, we might like we could just log off now. I don't <laughs> talking about this episode. I actually found a little difficult because I was noticing part of the reason why the episode is so good is because of the way they edit it. Um, but then trying to express how the story flows because of the editing, I found a little difficult because it does jump all over the place. Um, but I'll try to try to keep things on track here. Um, so we start um, on an asteroid, a uh, colonial mining ship. It's called, uh, I think, Majahul. Just a shout out to uh, OG Battlestar Galactica people. You can see the surface of the asteroid and you see the, uh, the OG Battlestar Galactica. They're called land rams. They're like going across the surface. So those are like the like sort of like carrier uh, vehicles that they used that were kind of featured in the original show. So again, I had my little um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio pointing at the screen <laughs> meme <laughs> when that when I saw that. So Cat and Starbuck are out on patrol. They're guarding the mining post uh, from the Cylons. Um, there's a reference of uh, BB and Jojo, who they they say have met their end in this area, uh, and then Cat is you know Cat's kind of all bring it on gung ho. She wants to find this Cylon um, raider that's out there, and then in the midst of this conversation, Cat brings up the name of uh, a character with a pilot named Riley and Riley's girlfriend that she's trying to remember the name, and. She kind of questions, was it Cassie? And then we jump back 94 hours earlier. Um, Before you do that, um, I read that calling his girlfriend Cassie was sort of a slight homage to the original Battlestar Galactica. Oh, yeah, I did. I did read that. It was for Cassiopeia, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, which was kind of cool. I never caught that till I... I think I read that. It, it needed to be more direct. The character needed to look like her in the picture, and then I would have been another <laughs> another pointing at the picture. That would have been too much, I think. Uh, um, she was such a big part of the original show. I'm always like, question why she, um, Athena, and uh, uh, what's her name? Sheba were never put in this new one. But anyway. Um, so we're back in the pilot's quarters 94 hours earlier, and they're, uh, all these pilots are, like, cleaning out Riley's belongings, and so, you know, the pretense is that he died. They're talking about, like, what happened with them, and Starbuck says he, he got scared, and that caused him to panic. Starbuck mentions how Riley was a good stick, but he was short on guts, but he's a good pilot, and Duck chimes in, um, and he mentions, uh that Bino had plenty of courage and he still died. And he mentions how it took Callie an hour to clean his guts or whatever out of the cockpit. Yeah. Then Kat asks if anyone remembers. I have a question about that. Yeah. How did the plane get back? You know, so there's a, there's an episode of Robotech, <laughs> <laughs> um, AKA Macross. And it's a pretty big episode because a pretty big character dies in it. He's like he's like the ace pilot. And he basically he and it, this is always kind of questionable with this episode, too. But this was like anime in 1982. So you like cut it some slack. But he gets 
he flies the mission and he gets shot like through the cockpit so he's able to like land and come back and everything but he has internal bleeding Mm. so maybe that you know maybe that's what it was i don't like i don't really know i just know that that happened and it was a opportunity for me to talk about robotech so (laughs) (laughs) which actually i thought a lot about that show when i'm watching battlestar there's some stuff that comes up later that actually mirrors uh the two shows but anyway uh Cat, you know, it goes back to Cat asking if anybody remembers uh, Riley's girlfriend's name. No one can really recall like what her name was. Um, and then Starbuck is really adamant, like it doesn't matter. And Cat's um, like, actually, it does matter to Starbuck. And this kind of sets up a little bit of their conflict throughout the episode. Then we have uh, BB and JoJo, um, Ensign Clark and Ensign Baxton. They enter their new pilots. They um, they just say that they've completed their Viper training on Pegasus. Um, they're super like gun co. JoJo says he's ready to kick some Cylon, but Starbucks <laughs> Starbucks says so was Bino. And then JoJo asks who's Bino, and then Hot Dog takes uh, Bino's tag from his bunk. Slaps it on uh, JoJo's uh, uh, chest, and it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, that 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 was Bino, the guy that died, you know, um, the guy whose bunk you're sitting in. Yeah, <laughs> and then Cat's <laughs> like, this is one of those moments. I actually used to her delivery, like, and previously kind of bugged me, but I actually really like how she she does this. She kind of teases JoJo, and she's like, you know, you. The scar's going to smoke you like a fine cigar, my man. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> putting a little putting a little fear in them. But at this point, it's like kind of, you know, it's kind of like, uh, like just kind of ribbing them a little bit. It's like not too serious. The JoJo asks who Scar is and Duck, you know, Duck's like, Kind of gives us our exposition. So Duck's like he's the he's an ace raider of the Cylon fleet, top notch Cylon raider. BB, who uh, he kind of dismisses the idea that all the uh, Cylons are the same, like all the um, the raiders. And um, Hot Dog kind of jumps in and he adds that Scar's the best that they have. A ton of pilots that they've uh, on the Galactica have died trying to take him down. And then Jojo asks why his name is Scar, and then Cat hints that um, that you'll find out soon enough. You know. Well, um, there's an important line that you missed, which is mm-hmm. Jojo saying they're machines, one's the same as the next, and then mm-hmm. I think it's Duck that says, or maybe it's Hot Dog that says that that's what we thought until Captain Thrace cut the brain out of one. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. There's a there's this connection that. Uh, there's a conversation a little bit later with Starbuck and um, Sharon that some people I think are trying to connect the scar with that um, raider that she. Yeah. Um, and it could, I mean, it could be. Um, they don't really like get into it, but there's there's some hints that it might be the same one. Um, I always so. kind of thought it was. I mean, it feels better that way, right? It feels more... It feels personal. Yeah. And not just against her, necessarily, but against these people. 
Mm-hmm. You know, one of these people climbed inside of me and cut out my brain. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember. It's yeah, like it was there like... are animals that I, I can't think of a specific instance, but I've, you know, been an animal lover my whole life. So I've watched a lot of videos, and read a lot of things, but there are animals who like remember people that hurt them. Mm-hmm. Or like, for example, I adopted a four month old pit bull when I lived in LA. And for whatever reason, he did not like tall men. And he did not like heavy women. He had no problems with men or women uh, otherwise. But those two like body types, if somebody came to our house that had those body types, he would freak out. He would either bark a lot or he would hide behind us. Mm -hmm. And it made me think that whoever had abused him because they told us at the pound that this puppy had been abused, they had those body types. And he remembered. So if we think of the Cylon Raiders like they're sort of pets, they're sort of animals. Mm -hmm. And this one Raider, instead of just getting shot by a plane – He had someone crawl inside of him and kill him. He he's going to remember that. Yeah, it's for me. It was like I kind of like when that was brought up. I started questioning a little bit, like how that that would actually would work. Because he would have like, would he? When would he have? Like, would he have remembered that? Did he not download till after? If ever he got destroyed, or like when she shot him up in the atmosphere or above orbit was that when he died and he just remembered like I was just I was thinking about all that stuff I don't I don't I, know I don't know the way I think of it is that he was shot in the head and he was injured but he wasn't mm-hmm. quite dead mm-hmm. but then the, that raider I mean because that raider has never really been accounted for right like they always it was know. just like yeah, because I, I there was a base I, ship up there, so there would be a resurrection ship close enough by. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just wondering when he when he would have downloaded is all. Like, would mm-hmm. it have been then? Would it have been? I don't know. Maybe it no was. Idea. Maybe he was down. He downloaded when his brain was ripped out of his body. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's definitely like yeah, like you said, it's like it's more personal. It's uh, you know. The, the conflict is a little bit more heightened that way. Um, so I, I like that it's murky enough to be a possibility, but it's not like on the on the nose at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Anyways, so we jump back to uh, like our our present, and we're back in the asteroid field. And um, again, these these shots in the asteroid field are just like beautiful, like the way that they do the lighting and um, the asteroids floating around. But in the distance, Cat spots a raider flying like kind of like up and around um, this asteroid. She points it out to Starbuck, and Starbuck doesn't see it. And then again, this establishes some stuff that we'll encounter later. Cat remarks that uh, there was a time when Starbuck would have noticed it before her. Um, and Starbuck kind of gives Cat the okay to. She's like, "You're the shooter. Don't screw this up." And Cat's gonna go after her. Cat um, tells her to keep up, and then. In the midst of that, Starbuck flashes back, and then this time we're in the pilot's lounge, and we're um, 80, 88 hours earlier, 
Um, and they're all like BB is sitting at a table and he, he's asking um, how scars managed to take it down to all the experienced pilots like Bino cat explains um, what, like kind of what scar is, but she's interrupted by Starbuck who mentions that scar hides behind the asteroids and debris fields um, that other pilots might ignore. So it's like, you know, the scene we just saw Starbucks talking about, and then Scar um, waits until the odds are in his favor and then makes a surprise attack and jumps away before anyone can fire. So BB expresses the opinion um, that Scar is a coward, and Starbuck clarifies that this is war. It's not about fighting fair. She says you you want to sneak up behind them and club them over the head. Um, she, she says, Scar understands that. And so does she. And that's why I'm going to kill him. She says, um, yeah, I guess that like, I mean, that definitely makes it super personal, right? Like, like I almost feel like it has to be, it's like some, it's like some, uh, military movie where two, there's like a soldier on either side of the war that is like, they never meet each other, but you kind of like know they're, they're in a struggle at the same time against each other i don't know like behind enemy lines where it's two snipers yes exactly i was trying to think of the what the movie is that the one with the what's his name um it's with jude law and ed harris jude law yeah jude law yeah yeah yeah. i was thinking that movie i didn't remember the name of it though yeah (laughs) yeah um but this is where we get to the like serious tension between cat and Starbuck because Starbuck is like, well, I'm going to kill him. And Kat's like, you can barely walk. Mm-hmm. And then Starbuck calls her a stim junkie. That's low. But it's true. It's low. And then Kat says, you've been pounding the, like, I, you, I wouldn't be calling anyone a junkie if I were you, the way you've been pounding back that booze. One tie on the ship is enough. Mm, that that one hit me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and Starbuck is like drinking out of this like Top Gun Stein and Cat's like I've got 200 that says that I will kill Scar and when I do you can hand that Top Gun over to me and pour me my first drink. And Starbuck's like yeah, it's not going to happen. Why did I write Top Gun Sippy Cup in my notes? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm just looking at my notes right now. I was like, why did I write that? <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's like, it's it's intense, right? Like the, that one tie on the ship line, like I would just kind of like imagine like the things that they said to each other. Like they really like, they were getting personal, you know? Like, yeah. You know, this, this, this feels a little bit out of, uh, a little deeper than... And we normally get the banter from characters going back and forth. But also, like, Starbuck is a mess here. Mm-hmm. And remember last week we were talking about Black Market, and we had a discussion about how that episode may have worked if they hadn't centered it around Apollo and if they'd centered it around, like, Starbuck, who's known mm-hmm. to be a, a bit of a fuck-up. Um, also like a really great pilot, whatever, but like she's going through shit, but I had forgotten that the very next episode kind of deals with all of her bullshit, like what, how she's handling her, her guilt Mm -hmm. over leaving Anders and the other resistance fighters, but really just Anders behind, Mm -hmm. um, 
we couldn't have two of those in a row. Mm-hmm. Now we could have just you know thrown that whole episode out the airlock and never <laughs> had it in the first place and just had this and been fine. Mm-hmm. But I guess I understand why. Well, we've got this whole story already planned out for Starbuck in this next episode, so this one has to center around someone else. Yeah. Yeah, yeah her. It, it's actually funny in the beginning, you know, in the previously on Battlestar Galactus parts. I think that they used the deleted scenes from the first part of Pegasus. They did. Yeah, in that. So that was the part where they were establishing that she wanted to go back, which was never, you know. Um, and again, I think I mentioned the last <laughs> episode or a couple episodes ago, the no, last episode when they used, uh, fi- uh, they promoted Fisk in the previously on mm-hmm. <laughs> Galactica. And I know, I know they do it like with, I think with like Hilo or something in another episode. Um, but I didn't really kind of realize that they did it here also. Um, but it definitely sets up her wreckness. Like she definitely has like, it's like, I'm not judging her for what she's going through. I definitely sympathize with her plight in this. Uh, she's very, she's haunted. She doesn't know what to do about it. She's haunted. And so was, so was Lee in the last episode, but at least with this, we understand and have some sort of, because we, we met Anders, we saw them together, you know, they put in little flashbacks to it here and there in this episode, but it's not out of left field. Well, I mean, we we lived through Starbuck yeah. and Anders. We like we just were plopped in the middle of the bed in one episode <laughs> with Apollo and yeah. like whatever. And it was funny because I was listening to the uh, the commentary and um, they had the writers of the episode uh, – uh, wet Weddle and bradley Weddle and tom thompson i think and um one of them one of them was trying to like say how uh, like oh yeah we, like apollo he's you know he just was dealing with his stuff for the previous episode and it almost felt like it almost felt like ron moore cut that off <laughs> immediately and moved it along because like no we don't want to acknowledge that that ever happened <laughs> and, yeah and we don't care you know that episode almost like we could just forget it even existed and everything moves along the same way. It's almost like a disconnect between last episode Apollo and this episode Apollo. But anyway, um, <laughs> like I said, you could take that episode out completely and never watch it when you rewatch this show. And it does not matter. Yeah, it does not matter. Oh God. My friend did say, I remember how so mad, and he did say, it's still better than most uh, most things on television. And that, that talked me, he talked me off of the ledge after that. <laughs> One, well, I but. mean, that's valid yeah. because that was the first episode I sat down and watched. Uh-huh. And I was like, God, this is so good. Uh-huh. And then once I, I had it, you know, in order with all the other episodes and all the other episodes are so much better and Mm -hmm. like higher quality writing and acting and everything that when I got to black market on my rewatch, I was like, what the fuck? Really? (laughs) This, how did this episode manage to grab me when it's so bad? But even with what it is and like, we already litigated 
this episode on last week's episode. <laughs> like, we don't need to go into it too much. But we're still dealing with the trauma. Like, that's a... <laughs> it's a, it's a you know fairly standard procedural episode. And if you compare that, if you put that next to any procedural at the time, like your CSIs, your Law and Orders, whatever, it is just as good technically as those episodes which is probably why me with no context was mm. like yeah this show's great right. let me go back and rewatch like everything but when you compare it to itself it's it's garbage yeah there's some movies like that where i'm like i like it was a good movie but it's a terrible like you know I, I was feel like that way about Alien Three. Actually, I'm like, it's like it's a it's like a good movie, but it's a terrible Alien movie to me. You know, right? Um, and you know, not to not to go there again, but there's like elements of it's why I always thought like I think Ryan Johnson would make great Star Wars movie if he was making them unto himself, but he he didn't like for me didn't plug into all the other things that were going on with it. Um, so it's like, there are elements of it I thought were great, but it's like, it didn't make a good Star Wars movie to me. There's other like TV, like episodes, TV shows and all this other kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, objectively, like from a execution of a story, it's like, it's kind of fine, you know, but it's like, but we also have all of this previous context that it just goes against. And it's like, what are you doing to me right now? Like, I think you mentioned yeah. Buffy at the, uh. At the fast food restaurant episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the double meat <laughs> Like, <Yep>. what? <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, the story of it is like, it's the story of it is actually, I mean, there's an interesting element to it, but it's like, what's happening? You know? It would yeah. have made more sense if Xander was the guy, right? I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Um, let's get back to uh, <laughs> yeah. the, the, this episode. Um so we're uh, Starbuck uh, after this conversation. Oh, uh, Starbuck tells Cat she'll never drink from this cup, and then um, she tries to she tries to get up, and Hilo helps her. And this is again, this is another like is going to be like a Starbuck Hilo love fest for me because I just, I love these two characters so much, and there's like the goodness of them is in this episode. Um, but it's like a it's a little moment, but it's just like how he helps her get up, and it's like. It's kind of like protective, but not like um, patriarchal protective. It's like you're my friend, and oh, you're a little too tipsy. Come on, let's go, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get like, and but then you get the other guy that's like <laughs> Apollo, and he's like, yeah, maybe you should slow down. And that that has more of that like, you know patriarchal protective vibe going on he doesn't like really care about her but we'll get into those two a little bit later uh, <laughs> starbuck kind of disregards everything she's stumbling around the lounge um she does this thing i think this is the thing where she like jumps and f- kind of flies on this table yeah um in the in the commentary, they say this is a thing that, and this is actually kind of disturbing. They say this is a thing that um, the writers, know, uh, they were working on some other project, and they found out that like um, NASA astronauts would do <laughs> while they were drinking. I was like, I don't want the, really? I don't want the picture of like 
NASA astronauts being completely hammered. I know we live in real world and people do what they do, but I just kind of was like, whoa, really? This is like a thing that I guess some well, pilots, they observed that it happened. I guess that kind of makes, especially depending on which, which era of NASA astronauts you're talking about. Mm-hmm. But if you're talking about like the original, like the, uh, the Mercury and the Gemini guys, like they were test pilots. Mm-hmm. So their lifestyles, if I've learned anything from the many movies and TV series that I've watched about those guys, mm-hmm. um, or even uh, it's Ron Moore that does, yeah, they, um, um, yeah, for all mankind, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, even with that, like these guys were hot shots and they drank a lot and they cheated on their wives and all kinds of stuff. So yeah, like that would, that would make sense that they would sort of think about that with these, these pilots, Mm -hmm. because these pilots are essentially like not even like the Top Gun pilots, maybe close to the Top Gun pilots that we think of from that movie, Mm -hmm. but also just like test pilots. Like this is all uncharted territory. They are, they are, literally winging it yeah yeah i mean these guys are in in the midst of war and uh need to blow off steam there's a there's actually a deleted scene i'm glad they deleted it where they're uh, doing um like they're auctioning off all that stuff that was uh that was uh riley stuff and it was they said that the energy was like a little too high to like the beginning of the episode to kind of really like make it balance with the rest of the episode but yeah. the idea of it is that they are just they're trying to cope <laughs> basically with all these the, the all the loss that they have to deal with. And so they, you know, kind of deal with it being a little bit more boisterous than a little bit more boisterous than you would like think. Um, yeah. Do you watch For All Mankind? Uh, you know, I don't. I watched the pilot and I'd so say I intended just like there's so many things I intended to go back to it. And I just I haven't. But I liked what I saw. And I it's uh, so good. Yeah. Yeah. It is so good. Like yeah. the way that what things that happen at the end of season three, I am just like they better make a season four. I mm. cannot let this be the end. I need just a little bit more. I think I heard recently about. A season four and stuff. Stuff. I don't know if they were talking about some stuff they hope happens or stuff that they're that were planning or I, something. But... I hope Apple lets them like do one more season because mm-hmm. it ended very like <laughs> really fucking depressing. Mm. So I, I. But yes, that show is once it gets going, it's just so good. Yeah, it's a, there's a, that's on my list of like, oh man, I want to really watch that and. Just, I feel like the weight of everything I need to watch. So then I just, I just default to watching TikTok and Love Is Blind. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've been rewatching ER. Oh, <laughs> like sometimes it just needs something that, oh, like, man. I, I, I know where this goes. Yeah, I can have it on while I play games, and it's comforting. I don't have to pay that close attention and. I've already gone through the emotional journey with it. Right, so. right. Did yeah. you get to, what's his name? Uh, Doctor, did you get to Helicopter and Dr. Romano episode yet? Not that far yet. Oh, okay. I'm, in epi- I'm in season eight. Okay. So, <laughs> out of 15. <laughs> oh, 
Oh man, I just I love that show. I mean, every time we watch, I'd watch it, and then I have a friend that was a nurse, and like like the next morning, we're just like texting back and forth, and just, oh my god. <laughs> um, when the, what's the I forget the guy's name, but he like when he he like goes on the date with that one doctor. It's towards the the last few se- last, last few seasons. He goes on the date with that doctor, and then he's out on the street, and he gets hit by the car. What was um, his name? That was Ray. Yeah, Ray. Like we played by. Um... Shit, what's his name? Yeah. Not not one of the Ashmore twins. The one that's in the Manny Moore movie. A walk through. Yeah, remember, yeah, yeah. That guy. Yeah. I can't think I can't yeah. think of his name. But um I can't think of his name either. I was so in love with that doctor though. She never Oh, Parminda Nagra? No, no, not her. It was um it was like oh. she didn't she didn't she just she never really showed up a lot, but she was like on a few episodes and I just was like enamored. And we there we were talking. I was like, You're not good enough for her, Ray. That's what I used to say. To- <laughs> And my friend would laugh, you know, whatever. Anyway, uh, let's get back to this episode. Um, <laughs> I have always wanted to do an ER podcast, by the way. Oh, really? Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, might be, that might be in the future. I actually, like, back when it first dropped on Hulu, I watched the first season and then I, I intended to keep going, but, you know, life and everything. So, yeah. But I always wanted to go back to it because the second season was – when I first started watching it was the second season. And that I think the first episode I watched was the one when um, George Clooney and the kid and the um, – Oh, and the, the water? Yeah. I just – I was like, what is this? You know, it's great. <laughs> and then I was hooked for the next 14 years. Anyway, let's get back to our show. Back to our show. <laughs> So Starbuck, uh, you know, she falls or whatever, and then she starts to, you know, kind of get into this dreamy trance as she starts having more of like thoughts or whatever. And we see all these flashes of uh, Anders, who's looking pretty dreamy. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure you will think. I think this is the first time we actually like kind of see Anders, like even if, even though it's flashbacks. I think this is the first time we see him since uh, like we left, right? Or no. Anders? Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't think there's been any flashbacks to him. Yeah. So, just kind of interesting. Like, I I don't, like, in real time. Which probably means that this was a good indication to the audience that we will be going back. Right, yeah. Like, in real time, it's like, oh, yeah, Anders. And I wasn't quite sure where it was going, but um, it definitely was, we are heading that direction. Um. So through that we get we're back at the uh we're back in the asteroid field. Um Kat believes that the raider that they saw or that flew around the asteroid was Scar. And um so they start to chase after that raider, but then hiding in the shadows uh in the kind of in the dark is this really scarred and gnarled raider. Um, really great kind of sequence with uh like Kat in Starbucks uh reflection in the face kind of face plate of uh, scar as they fly off and then he kind of takes off after them um so they're pursuing um goes to it goes whatever the titles and they come back and they're pursuing after that raider starbuck kind of gets a little suspicious he's like this doesn't feel right just kind of wait a tick what's going on um she's like this Raiders and acting like Scar. So she decides that she wants to like watch their rear. So she turns around. She does this thing where she like sticks her thumb up to block the sun. Um, and then mm-hmm. out of that, Star, uh, 
Scar comes like racing towards her, like, um, and then Scar she, like fires at her, and then she's hit, and it's like, oh no. And then we flash back to eighty-one hours earlier. This jumps all over the place. Um, yeah. So we're in their like briefing room. Cat's uh, briefing the pilot. So we see footage, uh, like the cockpit footage of the fight with Bino that Bino had. Um, they're kind of analyzing what went wrong. <clears throat> she comments that uh, like he was already dead. And he just didn't know it, just because of the way Scar had set him up. Mm-hmm. And then Jojo asked, like, you know, asked, like, was it Scar? And then they zoom in and it's like, yes, that's Scar. And then she states, that's the mother fracker I'm going to kill. Now, she's giving this briefing because Starbuck is not there. Mm, yes. Yeah. That, which we discover later. This is why I'm like, this is why I'm Team Cat this episode. <laughs> So we're in the we go to the CIC, um, and Rosalind is giving some <laughs> some more exposition to our characters. I actually kind of thought about this a little bit. Um, I'll talk about what happens first, but uh, she says we have good news and bad news. The bad news is that Rosalind informs Adama that one of the mining ships has broken another drill bit, so that will extend their. Um, stay here for eight more days for this mining operation. Ty is really frustrated about this. Um, and then, um, but the good news, oh, wait, no. And then she, she says that uh, it reveals the miners have discovered a rich vein of ore um, that they could be, u- that could be used to build two squadrons of vipers, which is like, we need more ships to fight. Right. So that's good. Um, so she argues that they can't ignore this opportunity and that's why they need to stay. And then the good news is that Rosalind mentions that Pegasus production team has completed its first combat ready Viper. Um, so they can start to replace the losses that they've had. And Ty is kind of like, has, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Ty has a really good line of, are they going to be able to replace the pilots as well? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. And it's weird that she's celebrating the ability to make new planes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that and Ty is like, yeah, but what about the people who need to fly them? Yeah. Well, my, my, my question about that. And again, I'm, I'm not hung up on it, but I just kind of noticed it. It's like, wouldn't, like, wouldn't Ty and Adama be the ones telling her? It's like she, yeah. she's, she's like, she's telling them about operations, like military operations, I guess, like functioning. And they... Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, y- you would think that this information would come from, like, maybe the the mining chip has broken another drill bit comes from Rosalind. Yeah. But the plane making the Vipers coming from the Pegasus should come from Adama and Ty and her concern about like, sure, we can build all these planes, but we need people Mm -hmm. and how are we going to replace the people? Yeah. It just, it's strange that they sort of switch those around. Yeah. And it's like, it's not like that big of a deal, but it it is, it does give you like, makes you pause a little bit, but I don't know, whatever. Um, so we're in the briefing room. Um, Starbucks giving the rundown of the situation about why they're there, um, like what's kind of like going on. She's like, you know, there's a bunch of asteroids, there's materials, so there's no, there's so much 
debris out there that they have to rely on there, and the cat interrupts their eyeballs. Um, and Starbuck, uh, I think they, they, they can't see anything on Dreadus. Did I just say that? Um, so uh, I think they've been there. I can't remember where they mentioned this, if it was like later, if I was like reading something, but I think they've been there for 29 days. I think it says that in the very first scene. In the very first something. scene. Yeah. So it's like, so yeah, they've been here for a while. Um, and that gives you another sense of kind of like this feeling of uh, like pyrrhicness or something where they just like, they feel like they're being ground down, you know? Um, yeah. Starbucks says that um, they, uh, they want to patrol the area in divisions of four. And then Kat jumps in and corrects Starbuck, and she says they need to be in twos. And then Starbuck, annoyed, is like, oh, are you planning the ops for me now, too? And Kat is kind of like, uh, yeah, basically, the CAG or Apollo wants them to, uh, wants them to spread out and patrol a larger area, um, so it needed to be two. And then she's like, you know, correction, she's like, it's right here in the briefs. Like, did you not see it? Um, Starbuck reads it awkwardly <laughs> and then reluctantly agrees um, and then kind of moves back on to business and ex- acknowledges the threat of Scar and his raider, um, the, the companions of the raiders out there as well, and emphasizing the importance of them not um, giving the raiders any kills as they are easy, easy kills as they head back out. Um, what do you think about like the way that the interaction between the two is in this scene? Well, again, um, a little bit of, I mean, it's, it's par for the course with these two, like they're just constantly butting heads and as an audience member, it's like, well, Kat just wants to be better than Starbuck. Mm -hmm. Um, but if you dig deeper and especially if you factor in that, that Kat had started the briefing because Starbuck was hungover and didn't show up for it, Mm -hmm. um, it's not so much a like a, a competition thing. It is a competition thing, but it's not only a competition thing for Cat. Cat's like actually trying to make sure that everybody gets the information that they need, mm-hmm. and sort of calling Starbuck out on her inefficiency mm-hmm. because it's also not like her. Yeah, like, Starbuck is a mess, but when it comes to doing her job, she does her job well. Yeah, it made me think too. I think this is a an, an exchange about like their big exchange later. Um, like Cat is being specific about this, you know, patrol. Like we need to be in groups of two or whatever. But she's also what's motivating her is partly like wanting to be better, but there's also that part of fear too. And it's like, like she definitely has this feeling of like their asses are on the line. Um, so they can't just kind of wing it basically and be like, Oh, four is fine. So like speak up basically is what I'm kind of getting yeah. to. Like it's, it's actually imperative for her to speak up because she doesn't want to end up like Bino. Yeah. Um, really quickly, you get back to the Galactica, um, Rosalind's, you know, talking about the importance of, uh, the mission, um, Ty's upset, um, 
And then Adama mentions, uh, like, they're wondering, uh, they basically, like, sur- are surmising that the Cylons haven't really, like, attacked in mass because the resurrection ship was destroyed. So they're actually, like, they can die-die now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, Ab- Adama mentions that Starbuck is investigating this particular matter. And then we jump to the brig, and so uh, it's a scene with Sharon and Starbuck. And again, this is really well acted between the two of them. Like, you know, um, the way that Starbuck, like, is sort of, like, skeptical, but, like, she's there, right? So it's like she's kind of, like, it's in this weird way warming to Sharon, but then, like, she's not, and... um they mentioned in the commentary how every time there's like a question, it's always like Starbuck is actually two or three questions behind because she's actually still thinking about something Sharon just said. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's like, it's really, really cool the way this, this uh, back and forth goes. But uh, Sharon mentions that the Cylon Raider that they're dealing with probably died and they faced it, uh, faced it before. And Starbuck seems surprised about Raiders reincarnating. Um, but then, Sharon confirms that yes, this is that's how it happens. Um, uh, I like how Sharon explains this, mm-hmm. why it makes sense for these raiders to to download into new bodies is it takes months for you to train a nugget into an effective Viper pilot, and then they get killed, and their experience, their knowledge, their skill sets, it's all lost forever. So if you could bring them back and put them in a brand new body, wouldn't you do it? Because death becomes a learning experience. She gets a little too excited about it a little bit. I don't know. Well, I mean, she's a Cylon. <laughs> yeah. It's a, but those are like, again, those, that's a good moment, right? Because it's like yeah. you get a little bit of like, hey, wait a minute. Like, slow down there. And she says, how many pilots have we lost? And then she catches herself and she says, I mean, have you lost? Yeah. And Starbuck is like, you know... There are times when I look at you and I forget what you are. All I see is that kid that pooched her landings day after day. So, like, she doesn't answer the question of how many they've lost. And we kind of find out why later. But also, I think, like you're you're saying, you know, she was three, three steps behind because she's just thinking about the stuff that Sharon is saying. She's also thinking about the fact that this this person in front of me looks exactly like somebody that was my friend but Mm -hmm. this isn't my friend and how like weird that can be Mm -hmm. and like and sharon remembers that even though she's not boomer because she has some of boomers memories Mm -hmm. but like starbuck isn't feeling it yeah i mean and sharon genuinely emotionally reacts to this right because she when she when Starbuck talks about the spooching the landings and she was fracking the chief and Sharon's like, I remember, you know, and yeah. kind of reaches out to touch Starbuck's hand and Star- Starbuck, like all the Marines jump on that right away. Like, you know, yeah. think that she might be like a threat. Um, and yeah, it's, it's very, she's very much authentic um, in that moment as well. Um then you know calms down almost immediately and Sharon just warns Starbuck to be cautious of Scar and this is the this is the point where we kind of get that connection that 
this might possibly be the same raider from um, Act of Contrition. But she says the raider is filled with rage because um, each time he's reborn, he carries more uh, he carries more bitter memories. Um, and Scar harbors a deep hatred, mirror, mirroring um, Starbucks. Food for thought there. Uh, so then we jump to uh, the Galactica firing range. Um, Starbucks training the new pilots in this large kind of like gyroscope machine um and it's pretty cool actually um so she just she explains that how like you know the raiders are agile and it's challenging to keep your sights on them um in space and they're all in especially the the way the space combat happens it's like not in like the way that we think of like say top gun or something or even like old, old school battles or any like whatever any space movie like star wars whatever it's more like planes in space but in this show is one of the things i didn't really like at first when i watched it but now i really like is like they actually fly like they're in zero g so ships can just make these maneuvers that you don't normally see right um but the practicality of that is that the the pilots would actually need to compensate for that keep their eye on um, whatever so this gyroscope helps to train them to do that and so it, I think she says, uh, the spinning chair simulates the vertigo experience during dog fights. Um, so we see Jojo takes his turn on it. He fight, <laughs> <okay>, very comically <laughs> can't grab the gun at first. And then he's almost like shoots to the ground. He squares up and he hits the target, but he, yeah, he definitely, he definitely doesn't hit like the bullseye. Um, Starbucks guy gives him props for at least hitting the target. Duck recalls that he actually, his initial attempt, he actually hit a clock um, up up above somewhere. Um, then BB asks about, like, who has the all-time record? Um, Hot Dog mentions that the record is four. Um, and then JoJo asks, like, who did that? And Starbuck kind of, <laughs> like, you know, faux humbly is like, you know, it was me. <laughs> you think it was faux humbly? I, like, I, think, it, I think it was... Very much, I did. Oh yeah, like yeah. not not humble at all. Hmm. Okay, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I would, I would not argue that it was very, yeah. She just definitely was like, "This, it's me." Hey, I'm the Top Gun here. Right. Cat wants a shot at this um, record, whatever. Starbuck agrees, so we have Cat in the gyroscope. And they spin her around. She gets. Handed the weapon, she like fires five shots right away and hits them all like dead center. So it's like, oh, oh, that's that's you just bested Starbuck. We're back in the uh, asteroid field and we see Starbuck is being pursued by Scar and like she has already like she's been hit and just kind of like you know not in good good not in a good space. Cat um, is trying to determine where Starbuck's position is. Um, there are a lot of beautiful shots. Uh, and then um, Starbuck evades and Scar goes in pursuit after her. Um, so then we're back to another flashback, I think, 42 hours prior. And this is, again, this is like the Starbuck uh, Hilo love fest for me. Um where they are um, like bench pressing, and I think Hilo's, I think Hilo's spotting Starbuck, 
And uh, just a really nice touch is Hilo has like this lollipop <laughs> as he's talking. And I, I don't know why, but it just makes it more like organic or real, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then he asks, like Starbucks really like really pressing. And he asks like, why is she pushing so hard? And she, um, you know, says that, you know, it's like cat and, or he, like he says that cat's just another hotshot kid looking to make, her bones, he says, just like you were before you met Anders. And he, he asks, do you ever think about him? And she says, what's the point? He's dead. Yeah. Like, she's, she's struggling with some stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Hilo challenges her um, in that, like, after she says that, and it's kind of like, you know, um, if you didn't think he had a chance to survive then why'd you say you'd return with the rescue party? And she's just like, she says like, I don't, I don't know what I was thinking. And then there's more dreamy flashbacks of Anders. Mm-hmm. Then we, we jump to the locker room and we see Starbucks just kind of washing up. Um, and BB is there and he asks, he's like, He's he's getting ready to fly out on patrol, and he asks, uh, like, what do what you know? What do I do if Scar appears? And she's like, you know, she's super dismissive, um, but not like a she not in like a she can't be bothered. But I think it's a part of her, um, like she's had to deal with so much death, right? So it's just kind of like. I, at least I'm interpreting it as like kind of like do your job, you'll be fine, but. Um, I don't want to emotionally go there either. So she, the way she talks to him is like kind of in that manner. Um, she, this scene, basically she's, he's asking her for advice. He's scared. He, you know, he needs some guidance and she's like, if you see him, you don't run. And Kat's listening and is like, kind of disgusted by what Starbuck is saying because she's like don't run or you'll die and so then Kat pulls BB aside and is like you're flying Duck's wing he's one of the best pilots we've got so you do what he says and you'll do fine just don't let the raiders get anywhere near the miners so she's telling him to like stick to your to your training stick to your lead wingman and don't try to be a hero just go out there and do the job you're supposed to be doing which is protecting the miners <clears throat> even though like she and starbuck go out there and they're kind of like they're doing their mission but they're on a they're on a hunt to take down scar i feel like cat's kind of telling him like don't go after him just do your job and follow duck's lead and you'll be fine so if if Scar comes at him, he should still like what every the mistake everybody else has made is like trying to, I think, turn the tables mm-hmm. and maybe running is the thing you should do. Mm. Um, and then the confrontation between like cat, you know, cat stops Starbuck. And then they have a whole other kind of thing. Yeah. Cat's like, or Starbuck is like, he's a Viper pilot. 
if I don't fly him, I have to ground him. If I ground him, we go up there short. So what is it going to be? And she like throws it to Cat like, it's your call. And they can't afford to not have him fly, but he's, I think underlying all of this is that he's not really experienced enough to handle the actual situation that's going on out there with Scar. Yeah. But they don't have a choice. Yeah. So we, uh, we kind of, I think it's actually fun in my notes right here. I was like, uh, yeah, so we, uh, have a fight. It's over the radio. The fight happens. Um, and BB is toast. So, um, it sounds like, uh, I think Starbucks actually, uh, is flying out there at that time, um, as well, but, uh, basically B, uh, BB doesn't make it, um, right. Well, and be- because he goes after Scar, like she said, mm-hmm. they don't have enough f- fuel to turn around and fight. Duck is telling him we need to head it. We need to head back. Mm-hmm. And BB is like, Starbucks to- said to turn into any attack and so he goes after scar right gets him killed yeah and then the hangar that that's the whole confrontation again like um star uh when cat's confronting starbuck about it she's like she doesn't like starbuck's like i don't understand like why didn't he you know and and cat's like why uh you uh try to run and you're dead you know um, Starbucks like 99% of the time, that's the right move. And cat's like, not this time, you know, um, just, a, it's a kind of funny, like funny, funny, quote unquote, funny at the beginning of that sequence, uh, jo- like right when they're getting out, Jojo exits his co- cockpit and completely vomits on the floor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, just again, to show you, like, I, that, I think that might've been his first, uh, combat, um, mission. So just kind of show you the. Things did not go well. Um, so we're after this, we're in the pilot's lounge, and it's uh, Starbuck and Apollo, and they're sitting together and drinking. And Apollo says, like, he doesn't remember, he won't remember their faces in two weeks. That's part that kind of bothers him. And Starbuck, Starbuck's like, I don't even remember their names. Um, and then they start to remember or like Apollo starts to list the names and it's really good. Like every time she says a name, uh, Starbucks spits her drink out at him and mm-hmm. Apollo, like he's so stiff <laughs> and he's like, it's not funny. <laughs> and she's like, no, it's funny actually. <laughs> um, and then Starbuck, uh, but they, it's like the whole concept of them not remembering the names is again kind of important. She can't remember them, which is the the important part. Um, Starbuck then remarks how uh, you know it's like kind of messed up how they're keeping the fleet safe for a bright, sunny future, shiny future that the president has them on this mission to find Earth. Um, but it's sad because they're not ever going to get to see it because she says like they go out every. Basically, they go out every day to fight, and eventually one day they'll get caught on what's a bad day for them, and they won't come back. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Starbucks, like, you know, bright, shiny futures are overrated anyway. Actually, Apollo says uh, that. Apollo, that's what I meant to say, Apollo. Um, and then, because following this, <laughs> Starbucks gets this idea in her head and she's basically like, uh, yeah, so we, you know, we got to live for right now. We got to do what we can do now. And she leans in and kisses Apollo 
um, and it turns into this hot, steamy, at first, kind of a moment where they finally, like, kind of getting together. Um, but as she's, like, going through this, she's seeing Anders, which makes me think every time she sleeps with somebody, she's seeing somebody else, which is weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then Apollo's putting the brakes on because he, like, he kind of, I think he feels that this is off, something's not wrong. Well, she's being too aggressive. Yeah. But he's also Apollo. Well, true, but I think he thinks this is supposed to be romantic, and she is just, like, trying to... <laughs> there's a there's a, there's a, a portion of Grey's Anatomy <laughs> uh-huh. where um, Christina is recently together with Owen, who's the worst character in the world, and... Um, He's he's basically like using sex to sort of keep her from from working with this other doctor who is like his you know he has a history with her and mm-hmm. she's a heart surgeon and Christina's trying to become a heart surgeon and he like convinces her to ignore a page so they can have sex and then she finds out later that she missed out on a surgery and she tells him that he's trying to basically trying to fuck her into submission. Jesus. And she says, screw. Cause it's regular television. Yeah. But, um, I, it, the way that Starbuck is acting here is like, she's using sex as a way to forget about Anders mm-hmm. and she's being really aggressive about it because she just needs to get these thoughts out of her head. Mm-hmm. And Apollo wants this to be a thing, yeah. you know, and because he's like, well, what about us? And she's like, there is no us. I yeah. just wanted, I just wanted to have sex. Yeah. Just wanted and, a good lay. <laughs> yeah. And like, he, he's just not into that. Yeah. And she says to him, like, you know, it, she's like, she's, I've been hung up on a dead guy and it's pissing me off. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, and, you know, Apollo's like, oh, this Anders guy? You know, whatever. And then through a little bit more conversation, he, he's like, you know, you're fine with the dead guys. It's the living ones you can't deal with. And yeah. then she slaps him. And then she kisses him. And then David and Addison finally commits. That's from Moonlighting. Um, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, and then she exits. So, and then from from there, she's uh, she's doing a lot of drinking um, in a different like she's watching more footage of uh, uh, flight footage, and she's drinking and kind of wallowing and mm-hmm. and whatnot. Um, then we we jump back to um, like sort of our present again, and Starbucks. She's being chased by Scar. Um, Cat on the ra- the radio says she's fifteen out. I don't know if that's like clicks or something. Um, but then Starbuck flips her ship around. She decides she's going to go head on. So they, they're flying. In, her and Scar are like flying at each other, um, basically in like a game of chicken. Um, and getting closer and closer, they're firing at each other. Cat's like over the comm, tell, telling uh, Starbuck that she's committing suicide. 
Um, then we jump back. It's three hours, three hours earlier. And um, in the briefing room, we see like first Starbucks waking up from our hangover. Um, but then they're back in the briefing, uh, the briefing room and um, Starbucks kind of uh, addressing, <laughs> she's addressing the pilots. And I just thought it was funny that she was hydrating while she was doing it. Um, she goes over uh, the tactics when uh, about what they what happened, what they should do when a crewman enters and gives a notice that Jojo has been killed as well. Um, and it kind of gets confirmed that it's Scar. And then Kat calls her out and um, it's like, where were you? You were supposed to be flying lead. She was like, you know, was it too early in the morning <laughs> for you? You know, why didn't you go? Um, and then Starbuck, oh no, and then she says like JoJo would still be here if uh, if Starbuck hadn't been drinking. And so obviously that's very tense. So Starbuck's like, give us the room. I was like, those are always my favorite moments when they have to give someone the room and everybody clears out. And then they have their epic back and forth. First, Starbucks kind of like, you know, like, what's your deal? <laughs> and then Kat basically calls her out. It's like, you're coming in late for a briefing because you're hungover. It's bad. That's bad enough. But then when you bailed on a mission, then it's like, you know, what the hell? And Starbucks tries, Starbucks tries to make it sound like, uh, you know, she's not the reason for it, but she's very much the reason for or pulling out like she tries well, to make it sound like well i knew i was compromised so i didn't want to put yeah. him at risk which is responsible she at least she recognizes that she instead of being irresponsible and that's the the point she makes to cat like i knew that i wasn't in any condition to be out there unlike you i don't take a bunch of pills and then climb into my cockpit cockpit so wired that i can't land my ship right but it's like yeah you are compromised but why were you compromised like it wasn't that I mean, something they're both happened they're both to you right yeah like starbucks shouldn't be going on these benders when she knows that she's got patrol the next day mm -hmm. but also she shouldn't put herself in the cockpit if she's in no condition to actually be out there and fight so she's right and wrong. Yeah. Well, my my problem with that is that she Starbucks bringing up something from months and months ago, like from the past. Yeah. And my assumption is since then, Kat has like learned and she's like on on her stuff now. Right. So she's learned her lesson. And yeah. in this moment, like Starbucks, the one that is like out there and she's bringing up past stuff that's already like we're we're gone past so it's like a, it's like a low it's like a you know hitting below the belt kind of thing like she yeah cat was guilty of that in final cut you know that but, wasn't that long ago eh, i mean it has been though because uh between i mean it's been at least a month or so ago right like since the pegasus yeah. and then i think they established that it's been weeks and then, and then this episode, it's been a month since Black Market. Yeah, so, so it's, it's been a few maybe months. been a it's been a it's been a few months. But yeah. that's not a very long time. And clearly, Starbucks is holding on to that. Yeah. But then, like, they both do a lot of hitting below the belt here because yeah. Cat's like, "You're an embarrassment. Uh, you used to be the 
you know, the hottest pilot here, and now you're just a reckless drunk. And then Starbuck's like, well, you, you're afraid all the time. Mm -hmm. You're afraid you're going to end up dead. Like, and she's like some little forgotten picture that nobody really remembers. Mm -hmm. And then Cat punches her. Yeah, (laughs) it's great. (laughs) I like how Cat, and then uh, right after that, Apollo enters and Cat's like hiding it, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. I guess, you know, hitting a superior officer is not quite the thing you're supposed to do. Um, And Starbuck, you know, kind of takes it. Whatever. Um, and then it was Apollo tells them that he wants them to fly out together on patrol because he wants his two heavy hitters. He's got a he's got a hunch um, that, I don't know, something's going to happen. So he wants them out there. And he tells them, skids up in 49 minutes. Um, and, you know, Kat at first doesn't like the idea. But she, you know, accepts it. She walks out. And then, um, then there's, like, this really, like, kind of brief moment between Starbuck, I mean, Apollo and Starbuck where yeah, he just asks her if she's okay because um, he's still still tender. Well, I mean, she's still his friend. Yeah. Really quick shot um, after that is the Hall of Remembrance where Kat is, um, places the picture of Riley's girlfriend on the, um, on the wall. And then she, like, Really cool. Like, again, these shots that are, I think, really cool, just kind of showing them, the two of them getting ready to fly out and take off. Um, Then we're back, finally, to the beginning, beginning, where we were with the, in the asteroid um, belt. And so a bunch of flashbacks are happening to kind of, kind of situate us again. Um, But then we get back to that um, game of chicken where the two ships are flying at each other, Starbuck and Scar. And then at a certain moment, like she's having these flashbacks in a certain moment, she kind of like she sees Anders again. And then she realizes something and she says, um, I do this and you lose. And they get closer and closer. And then she kind of veers off. Um, and then she has Scar is in pursuit of her now. Um, and then she tells Kat that she's going to deliver a Scar right in front of her. So don't, (laughs) don't miss you stem junkie. (laughs) And, uh, eventually, uh, Starbuck, they're, they're flying. Starbuck pulls, like she's flying to the sun. She pulls up and then Cat is facing them and Cat gets the kill. A nail scar mm-hmm. and it crashes into the asteroid. Really, again, a really like kind of cool sequence. Um, the way it's cut and shot. <laughs> There's like blood from the blood from the, um, the raider and everything. So. so then we're back in the Galactica Pilots Lounge and, you know, everyone's celebrating and Cat triumph. I'm assuming cat's 200 cubits richer. I'm not sure. I don't know how the betting worked, um, but also she has the ceremonial, um, the sippy mug <laughs> in hand. <laughs> yeah, this is the part that, um, like, maybe I could have been on cat's side a little bit more, except mm-hmm. for this, where she's like. My cup runneth dry, seems I recall someone boasting that my lips would never touch this rim. Yeah, no, totally. It's like, you, like, she hasn't learned anything 
about dealing with Starbuck. Yeah. Well, and she, she also makes it sound like she, like, through, like, a feat of intense piloting, she was the right. one that got Scar, and that's not how Right. It like, she got Scar because Starbuck understood, if I bank away, that'll put him right in, in Kat's sights. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, like, really a team effort, but Kat is not... She has no humility. She is just like bragging here mm-hmm. and putting Starbuck in her place. Yeah. And there is a way to do that while acknowledging I got the kill, but you assisted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm I'm definitely with you there. Like she definitely like it's a, it was a little off. Like she was like getting all the glory and didn't acknowledge at all. It's kind of like, come on. Like we were mm-hmm. – like at least at least us viewers and Starbuck and Cat saw like what actually happened. Um, yeah. So. Anyway, she's like, you know, you need to give me. I need to drink from this cup, and so Starbuck slowly walks up. Everyone's really quiet. She pours. Uh, <laughs> she pours the alcohol in the cup, um, and then she says, "You earned it." Um, and then she turns to the rest of the pilots and everything. Adama and um, Ty are in the background, too. Um, and she slowly lists the fallen that have died. Um, yep. So BB, Jojo, Riley, Bino. We heard of, we met some of them. We've heard of others. Dipper, I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Flat Top. Yeah. Who died when. The um, act of contrition, yeah. Uh, Chuckles, who died when they attacked the Cylon base. Mm-hmm. Jolly, I don't know, crashed down. Jolly was a character from OG Battlestar, but I also think he was in the miniseries. I think, okay. Shepard, Dash, don't know them. Flyboy and Stepchild were also in. The episode with where they attacked that base. Mm-hmm. Puppet, I've never heard of. Fireball, I've never heard of. Mm-hmm. And then she sort of trails off because she can't remember anymore. And so Apollo steps in and says to all of them. Yeah. Yeah. So I think when they, I think in the commentary, they were talking about how they shot that. And they, um, that the instinct for her was to, um, to start to stumble a little bit. Like she had to, she actually had to remember them and to pull it off. And the way she played that was well too because it i don't know just again it felt very felt very real like if she had actually just like listed them all like you know but it's just sort of like maybe when she was saying she didn't remember them it wasn't that she couldn't remember them it was like she was just trying not to remember them you know yeah um she had buried it um then adama rings in so say we all and to which i and I'm sure many other people that were watching the episode said out loud, <laughs> so say we all. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then we jump to another like beautiful scene. Um, Starbuck and Hilo are like, I mean, yeah, Starbuck and Hilo are sparring, um, boxing. And um, Starbuck says, you know, she, yeah, I could have done it, you know. Um, and Hilo asks, why didn't she? And she's, she just says, uh, you know, I would have died in the process. And then, um, you know, a couple of months ago, she would she wouldn't have thought about the dying. She would have like just kind of like 
done it and kind of like it would have worked itself out, she would have thought. Um, but uh, Hilo tells her that she did the right thing and that um, she said, you know, she she did it because she couldn't get Anders out of her head and maybe he's alive. And Hilo says, uh, now you've got something to live for, not just to die for anymore. And very poignant, um, mm-hmm. very just, uh like talk about like, it's like closing up an arc, but starting another one. And it's so emotionally satisfying. And then the scene I really love after this is that they start kind of like play fight wrestling and she drops an mm-hmm. elbow drop on them. And you can actually tell that they're, I, one thing I really like about the scene is that you can tell that they're just like, actually like they, they might've said cut and then they were just like kind of messing around and, and mm-hmm. playing around and, one thought I had was like I'm I'm willing to accept a lot of the culture that we have from like today came from their past, but I was also like and also professional wrestling. And, <laughs> and I don't know why like I can accept that stuff, but not like the WWE. But still, it's still a really cool scene, and I love it. And that is Scar. Um. So I have a couple of pieces of trivia. The new Nuggets are being trained and added to the fleet's ranks. Um, Kat, a few episodes ago in Final Cut, had said that there were no replacements coming. But now that they have the Pegasus and those resources, they're able to not only make new new planes, but train new pilots. They have flight simulators on the Pegasus, which they don't have on the Galactica. Mm-hmm. So it's easier to train them. They don't necessarily need Starbuck doing it. Um, among the pilots not mentioned are Major Jackson, quote, Ripper Spencer, who was killed in the miniseries, Karma, who was killed in Cobalt's Last Gleaming, and um, actually that's all they mentioned from that. Mm. They... I talked about um, how the previously on showed the clip of Starbuck asking to go back to Caprica that was cut from Pegasus. And um, this is interesting. David Weddle and Bradley Thompson are mostly responsible for expanding the minor pilot characters as the series has progressed. They wrote Act of Contrition where the Nuggets are introduced They wrote The Hand of God, which is the second time all of the nuggets appear and when Chuckles dies. And Cat and Hot Dog reappear in Scattered in the Valley of Darkness, which Weddell and Thompson also wrote. Mm -hmm. And then the character Cat receives more development since Flight of the Phoenix, the writer's most recent entry before this episode. Yeah, they talk a little bit about some of that him and uh, and Ron Moore and stuff when they're in the commentary. And one of the things that they mentioned, again, is very, very uh, satisfying to me, was they mentioned Deep Space Nine, um, which to me, one of the things I loved about that show was the cast of like recurring characters that they had. And like it could be like a small character and they just kind of like build up and all of a sudden they're kind of prominent, but then they're not like in every episode. And that was something I saw in Battlestar. And that's, you know, in what you're, what they did with the pilots. And they, they did, they said that like, they talk about like just 
bringing duck in right and um and cat and there was like no plan for that per se but they just kind of liked these characters and every time they got to write an episode they got to bring these people back in and just makes the whole thing feel more like a little bit more organic than say um you know some other shows like particularly like star trek you have your, your command crew and it's like always just only those characters and they do everything <laughs> right um but in this case we get like people coming and going and sometimes they're here sometimes they're not and it just it feels more fleshed out mm-hmm. yeah um there is a couple of things in the official companion um katie sackoff hated that cat became top gun <laughs> she said maybe that's just the part of me that starbucks speaking but I didn't buy it. I told the producers it didn't make sense to me. I thought it would be better if it had been a pilot we hadn't seen before, like someone from the Pegasus rather than Cat, who hadn't actually been a pilot that long. Mm-hmm. But they were determined to do it. They wanted it to be someone the audience already knew. Mm-hmm. Um, Luciana Caro, who plays Cat, was ecstatic about getting to become Top Gun. So... <laughs> <laughs> um, Another major character development in Scar concerns Kara's attempt, attempted sexual encounter with Lee Adama, which addresses the attraction between the two characters, but also helps Kara realize her love for Anders. Um, Katie Sackhoff says, before we shot that scene, Jamie Bamber and I said to each other, let's make this scene so tragic that they can't go back to how things were afterwards. Mm-hmm. And we shot the scene a bit like a fight. It was rough and aggressive. I was covered in bruise after, bruises after we shot it. So that's also interesting. Yeah. This is a great... I love, like, again, watching this episode, I really was like, wow, this was, this was really well done. <laughs> There's just so much had to... Like, it just all kind of came together in lots of different ways. And... um if I were to like show, I thought about it. I was like, if I were to like, you know, show people episodes to like, you know, in, inception them and get them hooked, I might. I never really thought about Scar, but I actually might put Scar on there because mm-hmm. in in some ways it's in some ways it's like more standalone, which is a little bit easier to. In some ways, it is a little bit easier to like kind of get people to get a sense of what the show's about. But um, yeah, yeah, but. uh you know, it's like 33 and Scar would be without like, you know, adding these episodes that have more uh, that feel like they're playing out more of like the long going story arcs that are really good, but might be a little harder for um, a newcomer to kind of jump into. So, yeah. yeah. So uh, was Baltar the worst this week? He couldn't be. <laughs> That's what I said. He yeah. didn't have a chance to be because yeah. he's not in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, who would you give full colors to? Um, you know, like I, I, I went on my whole like cat love fest, but I got to give it to Starbuck this episode. I said begrudgingly cat or Hilo for mm-hmm. being the best bestie ever. Yeah, I actually thought Hilo also, but it was, yeah. <laughs> Definitely would have been just because, like, Hilo's awesome. But, um, but, yeah, I think, like, just Starbuck, just because, like, she, like, 
like again, she's not necessarily in the right, but this is this is her story arc for me. So it's like, yeah, she has to be in the wrong and do all the stuff so that she can like learn whatever she needs to learn. So it it ended up great. Who would you throw out the airlock? Um, <laughs> no one really. Like, you know, I mean, my instinct before would have been cat, but not <laughs> not anymore. I said. I said cat and Starbuck, just let them fight it out. <laughs> <laughs> and then this week's favorite Cylon. I mean Sharon's the only one that yeah. is around. So I mean you could you could pick Scar. Oh yeah, I guess you could. He's a yeah. Cylon. But I yeah. pick Sharon. Yeah, Sharon's definitely it. Do we have any new reviews? We do not have any new reviews this week. Okay. Well, if you would like to review us, please do so on Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars. Write a write a review to us. It makes us feel good. It also helps people find us in the rankings. Um, if you want to find us, you can find us on Twitter at GalactuallyPod, at Instagram at Galact- GalacticaActually, and you can email us at GalacticaActuallyPodcast at gmail.com. Where can people find you? You can find me on uh, at the Armageddon on Instagram and uh, First Noel Chronicles and Angela in the Dark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of That's which it. you're having a screening of. Yes, tomorrow. Like by the time this airs, it'll be long done. But yeah, we're having a screening um, at Universal Studios um, tomorrow and really excited about that. And we'll get uh, some, it'll be fun to kind of acknowledge the people that worked on it, see their stuff on the big screen and um, get some newcomers in to see what it's all about. So looking yeah, forward amazing. to it. Yeah. Um, do you have any other any other plugs or anything? Um, not. No, I don't. I don't think so. I'm. I'm kind of like. I'm living like. A, I'm kind of low key a little bit. Other than the screening, um, some of the episodes that I have for uh, that we've recorded for TV Obscure will be coming up. Actually, I think uh, our Halloween episode will be coming up next week. So it should be right around the time this drops. It should be live or coming live. So check that out. We talk about Friday the thirteenth. The series, Nightmare on Elm Street, the series. And I feel like we did another one, but I can't remember. So, Were those TV <laughs> series? Yeah, yeah. Um, late 80s, oh. early 90s. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I don't remember that. All right. Well, next week we have Sacrifice. Yeah, it was a, it was a sad episode. Um, yeah. We'll talk about it next week. Yeah, I was like, we'll I also, I, would, I wanted to say some stuff, but I was like, oh, I'll just wait. I'll wait for next week because I, not that you know, not that we. I'm assuming everybody's watched <laughs> the yeah. show, but you know, um, but you know, there are reasons, there are real world reasons for why the show went the way it went. Uh, the yeah, events went the way it went. Um, anyways, well, until then, then what do you hear? Nothing but the rain. Bye. See ya.
You're listening to the Geekscape Network.